George, obviously, uh, it's not actually Halloween today, no. but this is the podcast that will be airing closest to uh, Halloween. So I thought I'd start um, with this kind of spooky song that my mum would always sing to us uh, around the gas fire. So uh, shall I do that? Would you that be good? If you, if you must, yeah. Go on. Right, OK. It's a bit eerie, but, um, you know, it's the season. If your mansion house needs haunting, just call... Rent a ghost. We've got spooks and ghouls and freaks and fools. At Rent a Ghost, hear the phantom of the opera sing haunting melodies. Remember, what you see is not a mystery, but Rent a Ghost. Did you like that, George? Like is a, such a strong word, isn't it? <laughs> I've got the lyrics in front of me, <laughs> and they mention Yuri Geller. Really? <laughs> yeah. We are extraordinary fellas here at Rent a Ghost to be another Yuri Geller come to Rent a Ghost. Are they using um, the name Yuri Geller in the way that lots of people misuse the name Frankenstein? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe they are. I think. Anyway, that's uh, that's Rent a Ghost. What they actually mean is Yuri Geller's monster. Uh, oh, of course, no. <laughs> right, I didn't hear a question in that actually. Or an introduction. Hello, welcome to Crass. I'm George Walsh. I'm with Paul Austin. Oh, yeah. Oh, for... You're right, I forgot about that. I should have done an introduction. It's oh, a good start to the podcast. Yeah. As always, George, um, I'd like to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of animal attack would you find the most frightening? What kind of animal attack? Yeah. If you're um, attacked, what animal would it be scariest to be attacked by? Well, I have quite a lot of phobias, so I think moths would probably be the you surprise me. one. Moths? Yeah. Yeah. That's quite a weak answer, isn't it, George? Because Well, well, it's it would be my answer, because moths are the creatures that I like the least, probably. Yeah, but they're not going to, like, hurt you or anything. They're a bit... They oh, it's a bit, it's a bit of a discomfort to have so many flying around you at once. Hmm. But, like, it's they're not they're not likely to hurt you. Well, it's... How could I... Just explain to me how they could possibly... It would be traumatic, wouldn't it? I think. For me, it would be traumatic. <laughs> so, like, if it, so you'd prefer some kind of tiger to attack you than a, than a load of moths? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <sighs> That's pathetic. <laughs> well, it maybe, but, you know, you asked the question, I answered the question. Oh, well. What more do you want? Okay, fine. Shark, then. There we go. Good answer. Well done, George. Right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> By the way, there's no Lonely Hearts Club again No. this week. Sorry about that. Uh, the other members uh, of the club are on a Jolly Boys outing to Dudley. Uh, and me and Dampson have just been getting on all right. So we've been writing these... It's quite cute, actually. We've been writing these love letters to each other. Yeah. Not at, we've been sending them via email. Um, obviously, I've had to make a new one for Chester, which yeah. is quite clever, actually. It's Shea Barnes. At gmail.com. Shea so Barnes. Like, you know, Shea Barnes, as in home. It's, it's a word, it's like some sort of foreign word, but it means like home. Shea Barnes. And it kind of, it's got the same first three letters as Chester. Mm. Uh, I mean, Dampson's isn't quite as clever. It's just cheekydampson1989 at aol.com. 
But it's interesting. Is is there any more to this, or just that you've been sending saucy emails back and forth? Well, I'm not. I'm not going to read one out on the podcast, am I, George? I don't know. You've been surprisingly frank and open about things before. Oh yeah, that's true. No, I don't. I think that would be unfair to to um to Dampson. Well, Cheeky Dampson, 1989 at AOL.com. I think it's unfair to uh, masquerade as somebody else. Oh, we've been through this, George. But this we've brings me this. on to something that I was looking into. Chester oh. Barnes. Did you just pluck that name out of thin air? Yeah. It, you've not stolen it from a real person? No. On, Why would or rather, I have done that? Not knowingly stolen it from a real person. No. Because... I did some research, and there is a real Chester Barnes. There's a re- What? There is a real Chester Barnes, yes. Do you want to know what he does? <laughs> well, obviously. Chester Barnes, born 27th of January 1947, is a former English table tennis champion <laughs> who was England number one player for many oh. years during the 60s and 70s. Oh, maybe his name was in my head, tucked, tucked right at the back, and I brought it up. Yeah. God. But, I mean, there's lots of Chester Barneses in the world. Like, I'm sure there's lots of George Walshes in the world. Actually, kind yeah. of think of it. The way you spell your name, there probably aren't. It's probably quite unique. Yes. Isn't it, George? Yes. I can hear the contempt in your voice there as if to no, suggest it's fine. That it's, it's all, you know, live and let live. When Chester Barnes retired from professional table tennis, he took up a post with the Martin Pipe Racing Stables. <laughs> As assistant <laughs> racehorse trainer. Oh, right, okay. It's, he's got a good life, Chester Barnes. Anyone would... You'd give an arm and a leg for that kind of life, wouldn't you? Who, me personally, or just... just well, no, just generally anyone. Just generally, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. You didn't know about him, though. I didn't know about him. No, of course I didn't know about him. Well, no, why, would I, why the fuck would I know about him? <laughs> when would that ever come into my life at any Why? I don't, I don't care about table tennis or, or horse racing. I have no interest in either. His name would never come into my into my life in any way. I don't know. You, you Except t- now it has. Yeah. So thanks for that. Is there a difference? Is there is, is there a difference? Is there a difference between table tennis and ping pong? I don't think so. No. I'm not that much of an expert, to be honest. <laughs> Email in crasspodcast at gmail dot. Don't email in because that would. I'm not. We're not going to read it. That would be a no. really boring email. No, we don't care. Someone would just send us like the, <laughs> the two Wikipedia pages for the each, rules, copied yeah. and pasted. <laughs> that would be it. So don't. So don't do that. I know about tennis, tennis, but not table tennis. No. By tennis, well, tennis, I, I mean lawn tennis and not real tennis, which is sort of Henry yeah. VIII tennis. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not interested. Well, we, we did we did a good job stretching that out, didn't we, George? <laughs> On the next bit. Well, it's round about the time where I ask you, Paul, to tell me what you've been watching this week. Well, George, um, I've been watching a fair bit. Uh, I've, I, ro- I watched uh, yesterday's episode of The New Red Dwarf. How was that? Oh, it was a stinker. <laughs> oh. <laughs> do you want to, no, do you know what? To be fair... The first couple of episodes of this series weren't bad. You know, for a Dave sitcom, they were like... I thought it only just started. It's already a few in. It's already on its third episode, mm-hmm. yeah, of six. The first two were, were, were all right. They were quite funny for a Dave sitcom. Yeah. But, Jesus, the, yesterday's... Oh, my God. It was, abs- it was abhorrent. It was woeful. Yeah. It was... 
I'm not, I'm not going to go into like detail about why it was bad because that would be really boring. But all I'll say is Johnny Vegas is in it, and obviously I love Johnny Vegas. Yeah. Uh, but he plays a pink policeman in this. <laughs> <laughs> and like all, the, and like there's a load of guest characters on this ship where criticism is illegal, mm. uh, and they're all really camp, and all the cast really hate them. So you, so you're, you're picking up on a subtext there, I think. Yeah, it's a fairly uh, obvious subtext. Mm. <laughs> it's as if you know, it's as if every cast member of Are You Being Served really hated, um, fuck. What's his name? John Inman. John, yeah, but his character Mr. Humphreys. <laughs> right. Okay, I'm gonna say all that again. Okay. Cut out me forgetting his name. Okay. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Right, here we go. No, it's all right. We can continue this. It's as if <laughs> <laughs> it's as if um, I in a, oh fuck it, forget it. We will. <laughs> I've also I was going to watch Gordon on cocaine, but I couldn't be fucked, yeah. so I watched um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory instead, which mm-hmm. is one of obviously our favourite films. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> it did get me thinking. Um, that we 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 should talk. We've actually we have talked about films uh, mm. in this section. You've mm. talked about some bond shit, um, but the title of the fe- the title of the feature doesn't really reflect the fact that we talk about films. But the feature so got, is like, genuinely just named as such because of Telly Savalas, <laughs> the slap-headed chocolate-voiced sex machine. Well, so I've got I've got I've got an, I've got an idea for a name change. Yeah. Um, here we go. Tell me what you've been watching on TV. And film this week. Well, why change it? Because it's it not, doesn't. Because re- the title not, doesn't reflect the content. I think it's just. It's just a, what about what you've been watching this week? Maybe on the telly. Maybe not. It doesn't need to have all of that extra fluff at the end. It's telling me what you've been watching this week. It's more of a Telly Savalas pun than a television pun, but it works both ways because it's an intelligent title that we tried to then. Build a feature around. Read out. Read the title again, and I'll see if I get it. If I start to see if I get it. Telling me what you've been watching this week. Do it again. <laughs> Telling me what you have been watching this week. I don't like the you have. Do it again. Telling me what you've been watching this week. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, right, you're right, it's pretty good. Yeah. So I've also, I mean, apart from that, I've also been watching Black Mirror. Have you ever heard of Black Mirror, George? I have, yes. yes. It's a show about the future. Mm. Uh, it's really good, it's, like, amazing. Mm. Well, right, uh, and I thought, I've watched, like, the whole lot. You, Sorry, were you going to say something to the country, then? All I was going to say is, I think... Well, I haven't seen much of it, but I've seen about two or three episodes. Yeah, Conceptually, some of them are interesting, but I'm not keen on how they're written. I think they fall quite flat. Uh, well, you know, it's your opinion, isn't it, George? What I've done, what I've done is I've written the top. I've done a list of the top five episodes of Black Mirror. Okay. And I'm going to read them out. Mm. And it will mean nothing to me because I've only seen about two of them. No, obviously, but you know, I thought maybe you could put like some top of the pop star music in the background while I read this out. <laughs> In at number five, I'm not going to keep that up. In at number five, it's The Darkness uh, from season two. Uh, not to be confused, obviously, with the pop band The Darkness. That's the episode's title. So basically, yeah, it's set in the very near future, and all darkness has been made evil by the government. So if anyone goes outside after dark, they just get all big. 
They grow really <laughs> big. It's you know, it's the natural progression of the curfew system. Make nighttime dangerous. <laughs> it's to control population or some shit. The whole system is made possible, right, by this big black ball, which is stapled to the back of everyone's heads. Our main character is this kind of um, dorky guy with a ginger beard, and he wants to go outside because he's fallen in love with a thin woman. But then tragedy strikes uh, when she goes outside and goes all big. So he does it as well, and he goes all big. Not sure if you can tell from that synopsis, George, but it's, it's making a statement about how bad governments are with technology. It's mm. quite subtle. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Right, I've shown that before. It's called Boys Will Be Boys. Mm. Uh, that's from season three. Uh, so it's set in the very near future, and there's this massive entertainment complex in Mexico uh, where they play a futuristic version of squash. I mean, I say they play it, but it's actually kind of virtual. So they all just sit down on their asses, and it's like a video game, except somehow it's in their heads. Mm. Uh, Chris Marshall plays the lead, bit of a dorky guy who's in love with an attractive woman. The man so who he... should have been the Doctor in <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> Definitely. So he enters uh, he enters this eSports tournament, which is actually a real thing in the world, uh, to win her heart. But something goes wrong with his brain chip, and he gets stuck in the game. So that's pretty bad, isn't it? Mm. Don't know how, he, how or why it happens, but it does. Anyway, that's uh, Boys Will Be Boys. Number three on the list is Nice One. Uh, from season three. So it's set in the very near future, and there's these two kind of dorky guys who fancy each other, and then they both get killed by gorillas. But they finally, but they finally get to be happy in heaven, so it's all right. It's a great yeah. episode, because it's the only one that contains any sort of positive emotion, mm. even though they do both die. Yeah. Number two uh, from season one is Stop Crying, Mary. So um, basically it's set in the near future, and there's this, where this, this kind of future church... Uh, yep. Where all the stained glass windows are like holograms or some shit. Uh, Giles Brandreth plays a kind of dorky. <laughs> <laughs> plays a kind of dorky guy. <clears throat> plays a kind of dorky guy who gets rich. Fucking <laughs> 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 Giles Brandreth. Oh, it's an out there casting choice, but I tell you, it really works. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but just just imagine Charlie Brooker approaching Charles Brandreth to be an episode of uh, It'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? <laughs> right, so he plays this kind of dorky guy mm. who gets rich quick when his statue of the Virgin Mary starts crying. So he, uh, he invites all the punters in to see this miracle. <laughs> anyway, it turns out it wasn't actually a miracle. It was just water. It was water leaking in through the hologram roof and landing on the statue. Which is... Honestly, George, it's dead original. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no need for me to point out that that's just an episode of Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> no. Oh, and one of his partners is a hot woman he fancies. The Giles Brandreth. Uh, number one, Giles Brandreth, yeah. Number one uh, is an episode uh, simply called Blue. Uh, so it's set in the near future, and there's this kind of dorky guy played by Louis C.K. I'm noticing a theme here. There's a dorky guy played by Giles Brandreth, played by Chris Marshall, Louis C.K. I mean, yeah, but every series has its motifs. Yeah. Uh, so he's basically he's taking part in a, a video game where you kill robot paedophiles, uh, except it turns out it's not a game, it's real life. Mm. And then it's revealed they're not actually robot paedophiles. They're poor children. 
And Louis C.K. isn't a kind of dorky guy. He's actually he's actually a robot paedophile. Oh, and he loves this uh, thin woman who may or may not be a gorilla. Right, so that was me Black Mirror list. Yeah. Did you, did you like the sound? Is this going to make you want to watch the series now? No. They all just... Yeah. Confirms <laughs> right. what I've always thought. In all honesty, I'm going to come out of character for a minute, which is something I don't often do. Mm. Uh, obviously, these are all made up by me. But... <laughs> Again, my, the curtain. I, do, I want to... I, I want to publicly uh, say that I don't hate Black Mirror. I do think it is predominantly a pretty good, most kind of, yeah, good TV show. I think it's a good TV show. However, most episodes have a formula mm. that they do kind of stick to. Yes. And the fact is the the, the ones, the episodes that everyone uh, seems to like and are the most well-received are the ones that are different from this formula. So I will say maybe Charlie Brooker, the great Charlie Brooker, who I do respect, maybe make all of them different. Because it's an anthology series, maybe make every episode different. Instead of, you know, most of them being, oh, it's a bit of technology we've got now, but it's evil. Mm. And it's about a dorky guy who... There's always a scene where a dorky guy is in bed with an attractive woman. Mm. And I think... As a dorky guy, that bothers you. <laughs> As a dorky guy, that does bother me. <laughs> I have seen all the episodes, so no, you know, I, I can't, I can't dislike it that much. I have watched all of them, mm. and the thing is, it, it did work better when it was three a series. When you start making it like, I don't know, was it seven? I think the Netflix series. How similar all the episodes are becomes very apparent when there yep. are that many. Especially if you binge watch them as well. That's the thing. Exactly. At least exactly. when there were. I mean, you had only three episodes, but at least they were also separated by seven days when they were yeah. broadcast on TV. So. Exactly. I think that's something we really do miss, actually, now at the age of streaming. It's brilliant that you can just watch one episode after another. And it's the same mm. with DVD, actually, if you have a series. But it's great having that weight between, I think. I do agree. And it leads to this uh, really unfortunate thing with Netflix originals i mean they call them netflix originals but they are made by another production company um is that there's this tendency to make them like one 14 hour film which is not why i want to it's not what i want when i watch a tv series i want every episode to be an actual chapter in its own right instead of just being a section from a film yeah let's forget it let's forget that we're gonna move on now (laughs) Right, so have you got anything you want to talk about telly-wise? Well, more film-wise than telly-wise, if you want to be pedantic oh, right. about it. Which right, I know you so it might, might be do. a good idea to take my idea about changing the name of the feature on board, then. But it doesn't matter. The feature title still works. Let's get on with it, forget it. Right, OK. I went to see uh, a preview screening of The Death of Starling, Armando Iannucci's new black oh, comedy yeah. about the death of Starling. Oh. And uh, there was a Q&A afterwards, of course, and Mr. Iannucci was there himself Brilliant. in the flesh. And uh, <laughs> just, aside, just on a side note for me, I don't know if this is something you're going to talk about, but aren't Q&A shit? Yes. But this one actually did surprise me. I was dreading okay. Q&A. Because yeah. I, I thought, after seeing the death of Stalin, someone might ask, where do you get your crazy ideas from? <laughs> I, f- I find it's usually... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna reference one of your old previous works uh, that nobody else uh, hopefully will have ever seen just just to show that I'm a real fan, and then mm. I'm gonna ask like um, who's your favourite character out of the film? <laughs> Did you get any of that? No, 
No, you didn't get much of that now. There was oh, no shame. one making references to Time Trumpet, unfortunately. Which, uh, <laughs> no. which is brilliant. Who's your favourite character out of Time Trumpet? I don't think that would work. That's a question. Um, no, most of the questions were good, but I was worried that um, there were going to be stupid ones. Yeah. There weren't, thankfully. But the other one that they always ask is, how do you make a film? <laughs> so I'm just... Sum up how you make a film in one soundbite. How do you make a film? <laughs> that is a good question, though. Yeah, no one asked that, thankfully. Uh, I had a, oh, I had a question planned, but uh, didn't get to ask it, unfortunately. Uh, uh, what was your question? Well, I managed to... I, I'll get to that later. Oh, but, OK. Um, yeah, I read the, the graphic novel of The Death of Stalin uh, the day before going to see it, and uh, mm -hmm. I enjoyed it very much. Of course, I, I'm a big fan of Armando Inucci, as I'm sure you are yeah. as well. Yes, certainly. And uh, I saw the film, and I enjoyed it very much. I intended to do a little bit of a review oh. on this podcast. Uh, Brilliant. But I thought I'll email my feelings about the film uh, to Kermode and Mayo oh. first. And they read it out. So. Oh, well, the, the fuckers! Well, to be fair, <laughs> they have a far more successful podcast than we do. This is, right, I, I'm, t I'm saying now, this is the Crass Podcast waging war on the Commode and Mayo Movie Time Podcast, or whatever it's called. This is it. It's Th not listen, it. Listen, right, and Mayo, no. if you're listening, uh, this is war. It's you not... stole it. Just because George sent you his thoughts, you read them out when you knew that we would want to do it on Crass. How dare you? You well, no, bastards! No, I, no, no, no. I, as a co-creator and editor of, of Crass, I would just like to say uh, oh, that the opinions of Paul do not reflect those of the podcast, and we are not waging war with Mark Kermode or Simon Mayo, or right. anyone at the BBC. For that what matter. is their podcast called? I've forgotten. Kermode and Mayo's Film Review. Okay. Or Wittertainment, as it's also known as. Um... <laughs> Why, why did you? Why has it made you angry? This I think. <laughs> no, no, it hasn't really. I just thought it'd be funny. <laughs> Carry on. Because I, I, I think it's good for us that they've, uh, they've read this out. Because did you, just... did you give the, did you give the podcast a plug within the email? No, I didn't do that. Oh, no. George! <laughs> Next time you email at a podcast, make sure you write in the plug. Even if it's hidden, even if it's hidden, even if it's hidden within the text of the email. So just slip the word crass in somewhere. Well, no. But, um, yeah, I was going to review the film, but do you want to hear Simon Mayo review the film on my behalf? Sure. Uh, comrade George Walsh. Um, on Wednesday, lucky enough to attend a preview screening and uh, had a Q&A with Armando afterwards. As a lifelong fan of Iannucci's work, uh, I excitedly anticipated this film and the event for quite a while and it did not disappoint a terrific ensemble cast sublimely captured the chaos mayhem and absurdity left in the wake of stalin's death there is a perfect balance between the comedy and the seriousness of the story itself with an undercurrent of anxiety running throughout the film simon russell beale was excellent as the scheming and terrifying barrier steve buscemi is as brilliant as ever and it was wonderful to see jeffrey tambor as malenkov uh, channeling his inner Hank Kingsley. Jason Isaac steals the show in the film's final third with his sweary Yorkshire interpretation of Georgi Zukov, if that's the one we're going with. Well done. 
Overall, the death of Stalin surpassed every expectation. Everything works so beautifully, and I excitedly await whatever Amanda has in store for the future. In the meantime, I'll be sure to see this film uh, time and time again. Special guest Simon Mayo there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> friend of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. But I thought, you know, if I could give that review here or on, a, on you know, national radio... I'd go for yeah. national radio because what is this really? You know, it's, it's nothing. What do it? you mean? We've got, we've got control of it. We're our own bosses. You know, you might yeah. have to answer to the BBC higher ups. <laughs> Imagine if we did. Imagine if we did national radio together <laughs> and, and live on air. I had just proposed a war against Simon Mayo and Mark Commode <laughs> with you in the background going, no, 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 we're not. That'd be great. You're yeah. right. That would be good. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I really enjoyed it. It is brilliant. And I, I oh, couldn't okay. recommend it highly enough. It's not making light of Stalin or that era. It, no. It's really got a great balance. Okay. It's terrific. And I wanted to ask him a question, Mr. Enochy, and I couldn't. But I did manage to catch him on the way out. Oh. Uh, Mr. Amanda! Amanda! It's, Amanda, it's, Amanda. it's me, George! <laughs> time trumpet, time... No. I do the craft podcast! <laughs> <laughs> but I, so, I, come on, carry on. I, no, I was just saying, I, I managed to you know, have a little quick chat with him about the film. I told him how much I enjoyed it, and I asked the question, which was, which part of the filmmaking process do you find most rewarding? Ooh. To which he said, for this film, it was um, putting the musical score on at the end with the edit and everything Ooh. finished. But it does vary from project to project. Thank you, Armando. And Thanks. I got a quick picture and an autograph as well. Friend, yeah. friend of the podcast, Armando Iannucci, there. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> And, yeah, I didn't have to be judged by anyone by asking a potentially stupid question either. Exactly. That's, that's always that. Actually, that's, that's probably the, the most ideal situation. Yeah. You had a good day, George. I did. Well done. It doesn't happen well, often. Well done. Well done, George. <laughs> it does sound good. It does look good. I, I mean, I would go and see it if it was being shown in any of the cinemas uh, where I live. Is it not? No. 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 Almost certainly not. Well, that's that bit. Man, that's got to be the longest telling me what you've been watching on TV this week we've ever had. I don't know, last week was quite long, wasn't it, with the oh, Lindhurst chat? Yeah. If you, if you that's carry true. that on, it does go right through to pretty much the end. Yeah, yeah. it's very long. Right, George, um, it's Halloween, almost. Yeah. The spookiest time of the year. When all the, the ghosts and all the goblins come out, and when everyone uh, is all scary in that. Mm. Do you like Halloween? No. <laughs> Go on, then explain. Well, I went trick-or-treating probably three times when I was a kid, and when it came round again, I was probably five or six at the time, and I just, yeah. I just said, no, I'm not doing it, it's rubbish. <laughs> and every Halloween, I just sat on the couch... Watching normal TV programs mm. or reading normal books, Defi defiantly watching normal yeah, TV, defiantly not watching, you know, <laughs> defiantly watching Challenge, <laughs> the Emmerdale Halloween special. You could watch the Emmerdale, the Emmerdale Halloween. Is that a thing? They do. A... <laughs> 
Well, I, the Emmerdale know. tree, like they do, like a sort of Simpsons thing, where mm. they tell three separate scary stories, but it's with the cast of Emmerdale. Interesting point. They're also the some of the worst episodes of the Simpsons as well. Yeah, they they, they are, aren't they? Actually, ones. yeah. Yeah. So there's loads of reasons to despise it. The idea that it's some sort of festive occasion is annoying to me. Um, <laughs> the idea that it, yeah. it that people choose that weekend because it's usually a week i don't know why i'm saying it's usually a weekend it just works like any other date but it just always feels like it's on a weekend it always feels um, like a weekend they choose that time to go on about ghosts and zombies <clears throat> and it's just shit it, it really is i've i've i didn't enjoy the three times i went trick-or-treating when i was you know three four and five so i, I remember thinking it's cold it's miserable i'd rather be at home and oh. yeah, and it's an excuse for people to you know jump out at you and say boo, which I also don't like. Um, I remember I did that to you once in a HMV, and yes. I thought you'd had a proper panic attack. Well, I very nearly did. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah, just there looking at you know what Louis Armstrong CDs they had, and all of a sudden you jumped up behind me and went boo, and I just yeah. <laughs> I just, I didn't know, I, it was, I never did, all I'll say, listeners, is I, I never did, I made sure never to do it again. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it yeah. really backfired for you, didn't it? It did backfire, it did. Um, <laughs> it's a shame you think that, it is a shame you think that, because I've kind of, I've organised a kind of Halloween podcast party for us. No. No, well, well, just come on, you might enjoy it, come on. So, under this bit, George, put like spooky, scary skeletons underneath by Andrew Gold or something. Well, Get Andrew Gold, so, you know, also suing us. So we're, we're going to like, just, first of all, we're going to decide what our costumes are going to be. So I want you to imagine us, George, together in our bedroom, mm. like going, oh yeah, it's Halloween. What should we dress up as? Maybe we could dress up as like, uh, wear costumes that go together. Mm. So what should, we, what should we be? I don't know, like maybe we could be um, TV presenters or something, at and deck. <laughs> Do you think anyone's ever been Ant and Deck for Halloween? <laughs> well, I think Ant and Deck have. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. We can. Which I think we should go with that. So we, we're in our Ant and Deck costumes, uh, and we've <laughs> and we've decorated all of our house in like pink, not pink, uh, orange, orange uh, pumpkins and spooky uh, armor and skeleton pictures. So. It's our Halloween party. Nobody's turned up, obviously, so it's yeah. just us. You're on your own. I'm not even going. No, you. No, you. Come on. You've been. You. You are. Just. Can you? You know. Enjoy. It's a podcast party. Halloween podcast party. And then we both sit around on sit sit on the floor, cross-legged, across from each other, and we bring back a feature uh, from our days of student radio, mm. the creative challenge. <laughs> the creative challenge. And we okay. both tell a spooky story, okay? Mm. So uh, what we're going to do, George, is we're going to take turns to tell a spooky story. Um, we've got five minutes to tell our story. But at any time, the other person can call out an object or a character or a location which must be incorporated into the story. Okay. Uh, okay? I mean, I don't want to do this, but fine. <laughs> Right. So I remember the creative gonna... challenge was going to be you have to bake a cake, or you have to, you know. <laughs> It'll vary. I, we did if, horror if we... story, didn't we? Actually, on air. No, we oh, we did do ghost story. We did ghost yeah. story. We did poem. But we, but it. it was different because we had the whole show to write our ghost story. Yeah, because like, we set end. this up 
you know, in the first ten minutes, and then in the last, you know, an hour and a half later, that's when we come yeah. back to it. But plus, for this one, plus you, it's your idea. You've probably come up with. I haven't. I promise you, I haven't. And I, I swear to you, I haven't. Fine. Which is why I've, I thought you'd think about that. Which is why I've added the idea that the other person can uh, Chuck ask, stuff ask for things to be uh, incorporated. Mm. Okay. So do you want to go first or me? You go first. So I'm telling the story. Yeah. Do you know what you said five minutes? Can you make it? Can you make it like three minutes? I don't want to go on about three it minutes. Ten minutes. Fine. Three minutes. Three right. minutes. Right. Okay. I'm going to start the timer mm. now. So, once upon a time, uh, once upon a midnight dreary, uh, there was this uh, giant circus run Next. by a man. Sorry, okay, I've slightly encountered a flaw in the uh, whole thing. <laughs> I couldn't hear what you just said. Eggs. <laughs> Eggs, called Mr. Eggs. <laughs> and it turned out he was a ghost. And he ran a big ghosty circus. Um, Hardware where... <laughs> shop. What? Say that again? Hardware shop. <laughs> he ran... Oh, fuck. Uh, and he ran his circus, and there was uh, a strong man who could lift an entire hardware shop. And he was a ghost as well. Uh, his name was Bruno McBruno. And he lifted all of the hardware. And he also had a bearded lady called Stephanie. Joy Division. <laughs> who, uh, whenever, whenever Joy Division was played, she would sing, she shout the words, Happy Monday! Uh, and she was a ghost as well. Um, there was also uh, a bloke with really long arms who... <laughs> fisherman's friend. <laughs> who, was, who once was a fisherman who had some friends. Uh, no, that's not what I, I meant. The right, okay, drops. and he ate, and he ate, and his whole routine was he carried fifty fishermen's. He balanced fifty fishermen's friends on each of his arms, which was stretched from one side of the circus tent to the other. Chris Evans, and he was also a, he was also a Chris Evans, <laughs> <laughs> but he was also who? And he, yeah, he moonlighted as a Radio Two DJ, mm. and he was a ghost as well. Yeah. Um, God, three minutes is a long time, George. Mm. Um, and this one day, this little boy uh, thought, oh, I'm going to sneak out of school and go to the circus. His name was... Gavin. Gavin. From Autoglass. <laughs> <laughs> his name was Gavin, and he worked at Autoglass uh, as a, a kind of part-time, because his dad worked there. You know, he's a kid. Um, and he, he snuck into the circus one day when he should have been at school, and... Uh, he encountered the deadliest uh, member of the circus of them all, Big Bertha, who was a great big fish woman with claws and talons, and her feet were all big. And she smashed little Gavin from Autoglass in the face. Tangerines. Tangerines! You can't just have the parents to fucking shout tangerines. I have tangerines in my pocket! I'm going to use them to fight the dreaded Big Bertha fish woman beast. Because she hates tangerines. And she shoved, he, 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 Gavin, I mean, shoved a tangerine into the anus of Big Bertha. And she went, oh, fucking hell, I hate oranges. And Sunset. she exploded. What? Sunset. Timer! What train set? Sunset. So, and the sun set on them all. The right. end. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a great story, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so it didn't really go anywhere. It didn't have any sort of climax. Had no kind of setup or anything. But 
You try it. Well, my question minutes. now is, is it worth me having a go after you've yeah. just been through how terrible Yes, it is. Of course it is. I'm, I'm not, not doing not it gonna, on my own. I'm not doing it for three minutes. Get that get that out there right now. Two minutes. I'm not doing it. No. Uh, Two right. minutes. Are you, right. No, I'm not doing it for three minutes. Two I'm minutes. bring the story to an end much sooner than that. Oh, you've got two minutes. Less than that. No, it's, it's a creative challenge. Just, just come on. Play, play just... ball here. Right, give me a sec. Right, go! Once upon a time, the end. Witch Hazel. Witch Hazel? Yeah. I have to finish now, the end. Oh, come on! No, just do the... Forget it then. Forget it. Whatever. Did that work you do, out quite how you, do you the had end. in mind? You do the end. Hmm? You do it. You, you wrap up. <laughs> Forget it. Have I upset you here, Paul? No, it's fine. <laughs> just you do the wrap-up, OK? Right, well, that brings to a close another shambolic episode of Crass. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at The Crass Podcast. You can email at crasspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me at George Walsh, and you can follow Paul Shitters. at Bumbledoon. Uh, all that remains is for me to say thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week with hopefully a better episode, but I wouldn't hold your breath. Until then, goodbye. Witch Hazel! Thank you.